All right. Uh, we do have a quorum present, and oh, there's Matt, Jessica. Uh, I have not heard from Ms. Pearson. I believe she's uh, slated to attend, but we do have a quorum of the oh, board right itself. There. Maya's right there. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I meant um, Sylvia Ramirez. I'm sorry, oh, who okay. is right here. And see if I get ahead of myself. There we go. All right. Uh, and we have everyone present. Don't worry, Maya. I'm looking out for you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Apparently, I'm I'm sideways on stuff today. Well, that's why there's two of us. Okie dokie. Um, all right. Uh, we have a quorum present, and I think we could get underway. I believe, uh, Dave, you are our uh, current vice chair. If you'd be amenable to calling the meeting to order. Certainly. I hereby call the meeting of the TIF Review Board for June 12, 2023 to order and ask the staff call the roll. Um, Maya Pearson. Present. Sylvia Ramirez. Here. Chuck Hicklin. Here. And Dave Schmiedeke. Present. Four members out of the five of the four available and meeting has been properly noticed. All right. Thank you. Uh, looks like the first item on our agenda is a public member selection. Uh, I'll turn it over to you, Dan, to lead us through this. Sure thing. So, uh, State of Wisconsin TIF law uh, allows that or provides that uh, a TIF joint review board of five members be uh, responsible for the oversight uh, and action and approval on any uh, tax increment districts for creation or amendments or otherwise. Uh, there are the four standing members, the uh, city, county, technical college, and the school district. And then we have a space for one public member. Uh, TIF law provides that the Joint Review Board itself select this public member as is past practice when our public member uh, leaves the board. We have uh, issued a call for folks who are of interest in this and experience in this process uh, to provide information. Uh, we had one person respond, uh, uh, former Alder Chris Schmidt. You can see on the agenda, he's provided some information uh, that is available to all of you folks. And uh, then it would be up to this body if you are so inclined to select a member uh, for filling that public spot uh, moving uh, from now and, and moving into the future. All right. Thank you, Dan. Chris, welcome to our meeting and thank you for your application. You're welcome. Um, do we have a motion to um, select uh, Chris Schmidt as the public member? I'll make the motion. Do we have a second? I can second. Moved by Chuck Hicklin, second by Sylvia Ramirez. Uh, Chris, would you want to say some words to the um, uh, to the TIF review board before we take action? Uh, well, thank you for your time and consideration. Um, as I said in the application, I was an alder. I was part of the uh, policy review a few years ago, chaired that committee for the city. Uh, so I've been steeped deeply in TIF in the past and uh, quite familiar with the ins and outs um, and shaking the rust off, as it were, over the last uh, 
last few days. Um, and yeah, certainly open to any questions if that's in order or needed. Great, thank you, Chris. Any questions or discussion? All right, seeing none. Um, is there any objection to uh, adopting Krishmed as the public member of the TIF Review Board? Otherwise, we'll adopt by unanimous consent. Seeing no objection. Welcome to the, the uh, TIF uh, Review Board, Chris. We're glad Thank to have you. you here. Thank you very much. Welcome All right. back, Chris. So now we move on to the election of the chair and co-chair. Dan, I'll took it, turn it back over to you. Sure thing. Uh, historically, we have held this election when a new public member has been appointed because we now have uh, five seats filled. And uh, we have traditionally, this body has had a chair and a co-chair uh, to help run meetings. And if someone's not available uh, to have a co-chair that can um, act in the chair's stead if they're not available. So uh, we would look for nominations for uh, chair first and then coach and then co-chair second. Well, um, how about I would like to nominate David Schmidtke for chair. Is there a second? I'll second. All right. Are there any other nominations? Close nominations. And then uh, I would uh, assume unanimous consent, unless I hear otherwise, as uh, selecting Dave Schmiedeke as co-chair. Congratulations, Dave. You're now the chair of the, of the JRB. And um, I'll turn the meeting back over to you to elect a co-chair. All right. Thank you very much. Um, thanks, uh, members of the TIF Review Board. Look forward to working with you over these next few months. Uh, do we have a nomination for uh, co-chair? I'll nominate myself. <laughs> All right. Maya Pearson uh, nominates herself. Is there a second? I'll second. All right, we have a motion and second for Maya Pearson. Uh, is there any objection for unanimous consent to have Maya Pearson be the co-chair? All right, seeing none. Uh, Maya, uh, congratulations on being co-chair of the TIF Review Board. Thank you. All right. We'll uh, continue on then. Uh, can we have a motion on the minutes from the March 17th meeting? To move approval. Do we have a second? Second, Maya. Moved by Chris Schmidt, seconded by Maya Pearson. Is there any objection to unanimous consent to adopt the minutes? Seeing none, the minutes are adopted. Uh, Dan, do we have any public comment? We do not. Okay, there are no public comment. We'll now move on to disclosures and recusals. Please um, identify any disclosures or recusals related to any of the business on today's agenda. All right, seeing none, we will move on. Um, 
Dan and Joe, how would you like to proceed on the new business? Dan, uh, take it away since you've got the reports in front of you there. Sure thing. Okay. Um, so we'll go through these one at a time just as a, a note for today. There is no action required of the Joint Review Board. This is simply the organizational meeting for all five or six of these items. I think five of them, excuse me. Um, so we'll just kind of go through the reports, try to answer any questions that you may have and uh, go from there. So uh, is that amenable to the board? Very good. All right. All right, well, let's get cracking then. So TID 52, uh, this is the creation of a TIF district at uh, East Washington and Stoughton Road, uh, covering the area between Stoughton Road and Highway 30 uh, and right along East Washington Avenue in the main corridor there. Um, as you'll note in the attached uh, Joint Review Board report and project plan, the uh, TID proposes to spend approximately $6.8 million, uh, the vast majority of which is meant for development loans for affordable housing at uh, specifically the former Gardner Bimbo Bakery site at the corner of Fair Oaks Avenue and East Washington Avenue. We also have some sanitary sewer upgrades that are required as part of this larger project and then some uh, assistance for uh, recreational facilities for the new, uh, the remodeled CDA Truex Park Apartments and some small business uh, programs with small cap TIF funding, commercial ownership assistance program and uh, uh, building improvement grants. Um, moving along through the report, uh, we estimate that at the end of the joint, uh, excuse me, at the end of the, uh, the TIDS life, that uh, there'll be approximately $88 million of incremental value returned to the overlying jurisdictions, but barring major changes to the project plan that the, the TID would actually close in about uh, 12 years in 2035, at which time the incremental value would be approximately $55 million. None of the costs in this TID are accessible. Uh, so everything, uh, you know, so the projects that we intend to cover can't happen but for TIF itself. Um, moving on to the report itself, um, we've got the layout of the general levies that are uh, that each of the overlying jurisdictions covers on page five, and then we talk about the criteria for TIT approval from there. And number one, whether those uh, developments and projects would occur but for TIF. Again, none of the pro the project costs are accessible. It's the full six point eight million dollars is necessary to achieve these redevelopment projects, uh, specifically with new affordable housing infrastructure and uh, business uh, business assistance programs. And then uh, whether the economic benefits of the TID as measured by increased employment, business and personal income and property value is insufficient to compensate for the cost of improvements. As noted earlier, uh, we estimate at the, the, uh, at the point where the district will look most likely close in 2035, that uh, there'll be $55 million of new value returned to the overlying jurisdictions, along with um, improvements in infrastructure and other uh, investments into the area. And the big number that we come to is uh, leverage in question three, which is whether the benefits of the proposal outweigh the anticipated tax increments to be paid by owners of the property in overlying jurisdictions. And in this point, we, or excuse me, in this case, we estimate that we are leveraged, uh, that $1 of TIF is leveraging just short of $8 of value growth in the district itself. Um, and that at the end of the entire life, the entire 27 year life of the district, that uh, there would be 
uh, uh, just over $1.1 million of new tax revenue that would be shared by the overlying jurisdictions. Um, that's the uh, overview of the report that's there. I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Okie doke. Uh, don't have any questions. I'm happy to jump on to the next uh, TID if that's acceptable to the board. Let's move on, Dan. All right, we'll keep cracking. Uh, all right, next one is TID 53 at East Wilson. Uh, this is really a district covering, again, East Wilson Street. It takes in a portion of uh, area up to sort of the Brayton lot and East Washington Avenue. It also covers the existing uh, state-owned Jeff buildings uh, that are slated for, at some point, redevelopment in the future. Uh, the total project costs that are identified in the project plan that would be TIF funded are $13.66 million and then an additional um, million dollars in change of assessable or non-project costs that are identified in the JRB report. Um, we estimate that uh, the net present value is uh, of all the incremental revenues is uh, 14.6 million. So there's still a little bit extra left that if is necessary, we could come back and uh, do a project plan amendment on. But right now we're only using a portion of the incremental revenues that would come in through this district. Um, at the end of the 27 year life, we estimate that the incremental value that would be returned to your overlying jurisdictions is around 182 million. However, we guess, or we estimate that uh, barring major changes to the project plan, or other changes in TIF law and things like that, that the district would close in approximately 2034, at which time it would return around $119 million in incremental value. Uh, now, the vast majority of the project uh, costs in the district are to be funded by TIF. However, there is just north of a million dollars of assessable costs that would be paid for um, by non-TIF or assessable costs right there. Uh, you can see on uh, page four, again, the uh, mill rates that are applicable to the existing base value for all of the overlying taxing jurisdictions. And the real benefits here are obviously uh, increased, uh, uh, increased incremental value, more housing opportunities, job creation, and infrastructure improvements. Uh, under the criteria for TIT approval that the Joint Review Board would look at at its next meeting, uh, probably in late July, early August. Uh, the first question, whether the development expected would occur without TIF. So again, only a million dollars of the total $14.6 million of project costs are accessible, leaving approximately $13.6 million to be covered by tax increments. Uh, whether the economic benefits of the TID as measured by increased employment Business and personal income and property value is insufficient to compensate for the cost of improvements. Again, we estimate that uh, the district, barring major changes, would close in 2034, and that at that point in time, there'd be around $119 million of incremental value returning to the overlying taxing jurisdictions. Um, and then the final question of whether the benefits of the proposal uh, outweigh the tax increments to be paid by the owners of the overlying jurisdictions. We get to our leverage question really quickly here. <clears throat> In this case, we've estimated that $1 of TIF will leverage approximately $8.75 of value growth. 
uh, or a net gain of two and a half million dollars of new uh, tax revenue that would be uh, apportioned to the overlying jurisdictions uh, per the mill rates uh, that would apply at that point in time. Any questions on this report? Uh, Sylvia has a question. Yeah, I was curious, are you counting on the Jeff redevelopment as part of the planning here? Because I know that like that sort of the plan and the timeline keep changing. And so I was just curious. Uh, no, um, we felt it was too premature because the, the, the project is in flux as far as planning and that sort of thing. So it was really hard to come up with a number for them. Thank you. Dan, I have a question. Yes, sir. it's a simple one. On page three of the table, mm -hmm. you have a line for affordable housing of two point two five million, but then the total is one point seven five million. Is there supposed to be some accessible costs in there, or no? That is an error. My apologies. Uh, we had okay. uh, we had changes that were being made until the minute that this was uh, final that had to be finalized last week. So that is an error on my part. I will uh, catch that. Uh, Which number it, is it, and does it, it all is, add up? It is two point two five. Okay. And so the total should be 2.25 as well. And that is as an error in the table, and I will correct that error. And it still adds to the, the 14690000 I will double check. I will have to go back and double check. Um, okay. That's the, I think it's in there because that's the original number. But we had yes. been asked to reduce the number and add 500000 somewhere else. And then it was decided to just move ahead with the original number. That's really what happened. So we were kind of getting kind of uh, bounced around <laughs> like yeah. a rag doll yeah. uh, by some policymakers. But now we're, I think we're settled at 2.25. So that's the original number. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you could send us an updated version of this. We will. It sure. reflects everything. Thank you. Looks like Chris Schmidt has his hand up. Yeah, it looks like the same thing is true of commercial ownership assistance. There's a typo there too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's those were the two items that were getting bounced yep. around. Oh, I can't believe policymakers would ever do that. Uh, I'm yeah. as shocked as you are, Chris. Yeah. The hell you say. <laughs> are there other questions? All right, seeing none, let's move on. Uh, very good, thank you. Uh, we'll move on to TID 54, Pennsylvania Avenue. <clears throat> so this is a district looking at, uh, in no surprise, Pennsylvania Avenue as it moves up towards uh, Packers and then Northport, takes in the former Oscar Meyer site, the Hartmeyer project, and the former um, uh, Hooper Corporation, uh, properties on uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. As you can see in the Joint Review Board report, uh, we estimate that there'll be around $14.4 million of uh, expenditures in this project. A uh, good chunk of those going to development loans for the Hartmeyer projects, uh, Hartmeyer 1 and 2, that are around, I think it's 500 units of new affordable housing. Is that correct, Joe? 553. 553, thank you. Um, so that's where the bulk of that will be going. Uh, we also have a, uh, infrastructure projects uh, for streets, 
multi-use paths and then some business development items in here for um, that you can see outlined in the JRB report. Um, moving on from there, uh, we guess, or excuse me, we estimate that uh, the district will generate uh, more than sufficient revenues to cover the actual costs that are anticipated of $14.4 million, but the district will most likely generate uh, nearly $22 million over the 27-year statutory life of the uh, district itself. From there, uh, we estimate that the TID will close in 2034, even though it could stay open longer. Um, and in 2034, it would be um, returning around $149 million of incremental revenue to the overlying taxing jurisdictions. The vast majority of the project costs in the district are uh, not assessable. We only have a, around $160,000 of assessable costs. The balance uh, are meant to be paid for with TIF funds. Uh, you can see again the uh, levy table on page five, that's just the current, uh, excuse me, the current mill rates, excuse me, uh, provided for you there. Uh, we, ant again, anticipate that the major benefits to property, to overlying taxing jurisdictions are value growth, job creation, affordable housing and blight elimination, and infrastructure improvements. Uh, at the end of the life of the district, we anticipate if it's open its full 27 years, that it would generate around $233 million of incremental rev incremental value at the end of its 27-year life. However, uh, staff estimates that it will close in 2034 and return around $149 million of incremental value to the overlying taxing jurisdictions. Uh, criteria for TIT approval, which you'll be looking at at your next meeting. Uh, the first is whether the development expected would occur without TIF financing, so but for TIF would this occur? Uh, a small portion of the uh, <clears throat> of the costs are accessible around 160,000, and leaving the for balance of uh, around 14.4 million dollars to be covered by TIF funds. Uh, whether the benefits outweigh um, the costs, so again we estimate in 2034 at the estimated closure date that this would generate around $149 million of incremental value that would be returned to the overlying jurisdictions for uh, applying their mill rate. And then last but not least, uh, whether the benefits outweigh the costs paid by the owners and the overlying taxing jurisdictions. And our leverage question here gets us at $1 of TIF investment returns approximately $10.31 of value growth or a net gain of approximately $3.1 million of tax revenue that overlying taxing jurisdictions would share at closure. That's a quick overview. Happy to answer any questions. Are there any questions for Dan? All right, seeing none, I think we're ready to move on, Dan. All right. Getting the whole experience today. Uh, the last two items here are relatively small things here. Um, both TID 50 and TID 45, the city is requesting that the Joint Review Board authorize the use of the so-called half mile rule to expend funds within a half mile of these two districts. So uh, this is not changing the previously authorized cost in the project plan itself. It simply authorizes the uh, city of Madison to expend funds from these two districts within a half mile of the uh, districts itself. 
So in Tib 50's case, what we are look, what we are requesting is uh, that the Joint Review Board uh, authorize uh, half mile rule use so that things like um, uh, the grant funds can be distributed uh, within a half mile. The one of the primary uh, rationales behind the creation of Tib 50, other than funding the Lake Street ramp, was to provide assistance for things like building improvement grants facade grants uh, and other programs to uh, property owners and business owners in this area. One note that I would make is that uh, as required by state law and our practice, if this, the, uh, this is authorized, any future grants that are made through any of our programs, uh, we will provide the uh, grant documents to the Joint Review Board as required by TIF law. Uh, probably on an annual basis, unless you want to see them more frequently, but most likely on an annual basis that simply notifies you of the terms and conditions of those grants uh, as they're provided to business and property owners in this area. Any questions? All right, you're dazzled with my brilliance and excited by all of this. I'm gonna sing for this last one. Joe, you wanna get your guitars out? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. I didn't well, bring it. Uh, all right. Next time. Next time it's going to be amazing. You're going to be just yeah, astounded. I'll be at my home. That'll be even better. <clears throat> last one is <laughs> last one is TID 45, and the same thing with TID 50. This is just requesting the use of the half mile rule. In this case, uh, these dollars again are already authorized in the project plan. We're simply requesting that the Joint Review Board authorize these um, expenditures within a half mile. In this case, specifically to fund additional stormwater improvements uh, that would be made uh, in the Broom Street and John Nolan Drive area. You can see them shown on the map on the Joint Review Board report. Um, pretty straightforward stuff. We've done this in the past, but again, we need to come to you folks and uh, request authorization before we proceed. So happy to answer any questions. And I actually do have a question. Um, I'm sorry for not waiting for recognition. Uh, ahead. The uh, the change will re at the end of the first paragraph. The change will reallocate two hundred thousand from the stormwater line item to the undergrounding line item. But I thought this is funding stormwater. Oh, I see what you're saying. The yep, it is. That's an... it. It well, it is. All right. Could you repeat that question, Chris? It seems to suggest that there's a stormwater line item and an undergrounding line item, and the money is going from stormwater to undergrounding, and I'm wondering if perhaps it's supposed to be the other way around. It is the other way around. It is the other way around. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go figure, undergrounding caught my attention. <laughs> yeah. Well. we'll get that change made and send a revised report to y'all. Any other questions? Thank you. Uh, Alder, um, Mani has a question. Go ahead. No, I just have a comment um, that I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, sitting with us Alders in the beginning because I actually understood everything that you said and that you took time to walk us through the process and to tell us why that's relevant and what numbers to uh, work, uh, look for. So as you were doing your incremental value, I was waiting for the number to come down and I had to go out and get my calculator so I could figure it out. And I was like, oh, it's going to be about 10. So you guys actually are teaching us what we need to know to ask intelligent questions and work together. 
that's all I wanted to say. So thank you very much. Thank you, Alder. Thank, thank you, you Alder. Much appreciated. Any other questions? All right. Seeing none, I believe we've come to the end of our agenda. Can I have a motion to adjourn? So moved. Moved by Chris Schmidt. Can I have a second? I'll second. Second by Sylvia Ramirez. Any objection to unanimous consent? Seeing none, we are adjourned. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank Welcome you all very much. Chris. Have a great rest Thank of your day. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Mm -hmm.